out of a scripture in Romans chapter 10. It's in the Message Bible. Let me find my Holy Bible on my phone since I don't have my iPad out here. In Romans chapter 10, beginning with verse 14 in the message, it reads like this. How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they, if they have not heard of the one who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That's why scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away. Grand possessions of people telling all the good things of God. But not everybody is ready for this, ready to see and hear and act. Isaiah asked, what we all ask at one time or another, does anyone care, God? Is anyone listening and believing a word of it? The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there is nothing to listen to. I want to point something out about this word preach. In the original text, it isn't about a preacher standing on a platform or behind a podium with a microphone declaring the gospel. It is about people who have something to say about the gospel to someone else. It isn't about a preacher. It's about someone who has a voice and who can speak. Everybody in this room today, you are a preacher. In this context, you are a preacher. I know the world has made a preacher something else. But you are a preacher. If you have received Christ and He has done anything in your life or you have witnessed anything He's done in someone else's life, you have something to tell. You have something to say. That's what today is about. Today is about His magnificence. And to begin the day, I'm going to invite Jordan to come. He's going to speak. He's going to share. Would you put your hands together? Welcome Jordan Phillips to come. Come on, stand and receive it. What up, fam? How y'all doing? Good, good. Appreciate the opportunity, Steve. Um, glad to be here, man. Amongst great people. Um, I'm Kim. Love you. Um, so it's magnificent. Uh, I'm not going to be long. I'm just going to um, use my life to kind of uh, hopefully be a demonstration or help somebody, whether it's here or on live or whatnot. Um, let me start by this. I apologize to you guys. Um, this is a, a touchy um, story for me and my, my wife. Um, the reason why I'm kind of using this story is because uh, the father put it on me um, throughout the week when you actually approached me or when you called me out I'm not gonna lie my competitive nature was like all right let's get it you know you know what I'm saying cuz you know that's just me but um you know throughout the week it started kind of like sitting with me and was you know it was like what, what you gonna talk about so um, this is what I got for you guys um, about about uh about five years ago, um, me and my wife after our first child, uh, Lala, we um you know we went through the pregnancy. Everything was uh, smooth. You know she went natural birth, and um, she had uh 
basically everything everything was went smooth, you know. Um, it wasn't until after we tried to have our second child that we experienced some issues. Um, we went into the hospital, and um, this was around what about two two months pregnant, something like that. Yeah, about two months. And um, she was having pain. She was having issues um, in her stomach and things like that. And uh, if anybody know me, when it comes to family, I'm like, let's, let's, we got to go get this checked out. So um, we get in there. The doctors say, you know, uh, man, you know, something's going on, you know, with the numbers or whatever and, and the reading. I don't know the terminology, but um, it's off the charts. It's higher than it's usually supposed to be when, it, when they're looking at the pregnancy. Um, so long story short, they, uh, did some tests and they realized they called it a, a ectopic pregnancy that she was having, a corneal one though. So this is like severe, um, I think she says one in a million women have it, something like that. So it's not something that's common. And, um, you know, we're at the time I'm like what, 24 years old. Um, so, you know. It was a hard situation for us. And uh, so we had to make the choice to either go with the, throughout with the uh, pregnancy, either go with the pregnancy um, or get rid of it. And um, so they said that, um, well, so, Oh, I ain't getting emotional, just so y'all know. I'll, I'll get that. Um, so what they end up doing, they had to remove her tube. Um, trying to speed the story, but she they removed her tube because they couldn't uh, figure out, you know, where the egg was directly. So they ended up moving her fallopian to, oh, what's it called? Yeah, that. And, um, and so basically, she, the whole the whole uh, scenario was you we we don't want you getting pregnant again after after our first child they don't want you getting pregnant again um, and if you do it's very very high risk very very high risk and so um, I'm like you know shoot this ain't my body so I'm like well you know we probably need to take precautions you know not not have another child and um, she was like nah let's do it you know she want a big family and stuff like that so I was like all right. Um, I, I got the easy part. <laughs> hey, I'm just keeping it 100. For real. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, honestly, man, it, it was the father who really helped us even try to consider, um, going again because I just didn't want to risk her health like that you know you know with it not being my body you know and as much as I love her when you start talking about high risk talking about her possibly dying through the process if she chose to have another child like that's just crazy you know so um speed it up you know we we decided to have another baby and um you know we was like you know Man, we 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 just gonna you know take precautions, you know things like this, you know, um, just make sure that she's not 
doing anything crazy. Um, if anybody knows, she works out. So she was working out when she was pregnant. Yeah. So um, we, end up, we end up going in for our uh, second uh, or third pregnancy. Or the, it would be our third pregnancy. Yeah. So after the coronal, the, the uh, eptopic pregnancy that they said we end up having another baby for the third pregnancy. And so, you know, we took extra precaution. Um, and, uh, you know, this is how his, magnific his magnificence uh, played a part in our life. Um, we went to Winnie Palmer. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Winnie Palmer, but we ended up going to, to that hospital where they have some of the top doctors. Um, and so Genevieve, Genevieve was there. And um, she, uh, man, she did her thing, man. She did her thing. She made everything smooth. And so during the pregnancy, you know, uh, we kind of went ran through the same thing, um, getting the numbers tested and things like that. They was looking at it. We had one doctor say that, you know what, this might be the same thing. You might be going through the same situation with our third child. And um, we was like, whoa, what with the third pregnancy? We was like, wow, man, not again, you know, dang. You know, we, we, we thought we did everything right. And um, so... The doctor said, you know, you have this choice. You can either take this pill or you can, you know, what was the other thing? Insurgent or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surgery. Yeah, surgery or whatnot. So um, we decided not to go with the pill, you know, and then we said, man, you know, why is this happening to us again? You know, and so we end up just... I don't know what, <sighs> trusting the father, I guess, you know, you want to say trusting the father and then just going through with the process. Um, but in that moment when we was, you know, kind of back and forth, like, should we do it, should we not? They did some more research and another doctor came in. Um, his name is Dr. Hoover. Um, he's a big doctor in, um, in Orlando. But he came in and he said that uh, we're not truly convinced that this ectopic pregnancy that they're calling it, is an ectopic pregnancy. We believe that it could be a, a child in there. And so, um, so we like, well, shoot, let's, let's go for it. You know, we, we want a big family. Let's, let's do it. You know, um, I had to make sure it was okay with her because she is, uh, you know, she's holding, she's holding everything. So, um, we went through with it and, um, you know, it was a tough situation, but we got my second child, my son, JJ um, through that process and um, that was his magnificence in our life and uh, one, one sweet and one pretty but we got through it I want to I wanna feel like I, I make a shirt look as good as you do <laughs> I'm pretty confident I don't thank you Jordan you know, when we think about the things, and I want to say something to you. What if you did get emotional? Why?
I said to someone the other day about that part of us that is mind, will, and emotions. I'm not going to camp out on this because I want to move along. But there's that part of us, our soul, is our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's the mind, and I preached this a few weeks ago, I don't know when, but our, our soul really wants to rejoice in the things that are worth rejoicing over. And our soul wants to weep or mourn things that are worth, that are deserving of mourning. All of that is wonderful. All of that is emotion. I'm going to call that emotion out in you. I am. I'm just going to, I'm just telling you today, I'm calling you, and I'm calling that out in every man that thinks he can't be. Because when, when men begin to hide their emotion, it's weakness. It is not strength. There's nothing strong about hiding, never letting a tear flow. Tears sometimes have more of a voice than our audible sound. Amen? I'm calling that out in you, Jordan. Thank you for that word. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that moment. That is Matt. Where is JJ? Is he in here? And he is magnificent. And he's got the cool crop top thing going on. I like that. So this is what we're going to do. So we have made way today to hear the voices of the people. Every one of you that have been serving God for any length of time have witnessed His magnificence in your life. You've witnessed it. Today what I want to do is I want to invite you to come one at a time, line these walls if necessary, but come one at a time. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear, don't sit in your seat today and think, I don't have anything to say. You, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You have something to say. Now, here's what I've got to do because there's a lot of us in here. One minute, okay? One minute. So it just gives time for everybody. If it gets too long, I'll say next. Don't be offended if I say next. Just know that, get right to the point. Tim Carney said something. Tim, tell us what you said. So in, in storytelling, the rule is in late, out early. And what that means practically is skip the setup. So if you're thinking, well, I was at the grocery store and I was there and there was a woman and she was the cashier, you can just say, I was speaking with a woman. <laughs> and all the setting, it basically pretend it happened in a vacuum and <laughs> So there you have it. So we all have something to say and I invite you to come because put your hands on yourself and say this with me, say, I need to see the magnificence of God in others. You're going to today. Come on. Praise Yahweh. Um, my name is Gaston, and no, nobody shows his magnificence more than Gaston. Um, <clears throat> Ever since you, you, we, we began to talk about this magnificence, I thought about an issue, a situation that you and I both experience that, that demonstrates the magnificence in Yahweh's people. Have you ever been to a job where the first day that you got on the job, you got paid? We, yes, you have. 
You and I have experienced that in Panama City. Ooh. Oh. Okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Anyway, the first day, the, the, one of the, the things that the apostle did, the f- very first day that you got on staff, he gave you your first week's pay. And I, and I thought that in relationship, the magnificence of Yahweh, the first day he becomes part of you, he gives you all that you need. Everything that you need. And I see, because I, and I began to talk with someone, a young man called me from Ohio, a young preacher. And I began to talk to, to about you, talk to him about you, the magnificence. And you can go on the website and you just see a, a few things about us. But when you think about Panama City, you think about the Rock of Central Florida, there's an expanse, there's, there's, there's a growth, there's a magnificence. In Panama City, we had about 10 people. Here we have over a hundred and some people. I'm talking about staff. That's magnificence. And that's because Yahweh planted within us. Even before he knew what we were going to do. When this place, I walked this place with you. When there was nothing but ramble. But Yahweh decided to deposit in you and Kim. All that you needed. All that we need is in him. He's magnificent. I was speaking with a woman. That's true. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, she was telling me um, a story, or more than a story, more like a testimony. She was speaking about how she was able to be a voice in a place that I would never be able to be a voice. And we were in the lobby, and she's telling me, and it was a long story. It's like 10 minutes long. And I sat, stood there, and usually in in a scenario like that, I'm waiting to give my part. Like, okay, Holy Ghost, what do you want me to say? Okay, do I need to speak? That's just, you know, how, that's just how I am. So I was, and then all of a sudden he was like, Kaylee, can you just listen? Listen. And I heard, what I heard was that we are not alone. We are not the only people being a voice to this community. The things that this woman was telling me are impacting a place I don't have a voice in, but she did. And it is changing the earth. And he told me, look at my magnificence. You're not alone. We are in this together. There are others out there and we're standing shoulder to shoulder. So, amen. He's magnificent. He's Yahweh. He's wonderful, he's excellent, he's glorious, and he loves me, hallelujah, and he loves you. You know, I was thinking about that word, magnificence, and that song kept going over into my head all this past week, and then it's kind of like I got in that word, and what I saw was the word magnify, magnify him. And then sense, and I heard my senses, my sense of touch, my sense of taste, my sense of feel, my sense of hearing, and my sense of sight. And it was like, yes, Yahweh, all those together, and I see you, and you're great, and you're wonderful, and you're magnificent. Then I thought of a testimony that I have about my own life. 
I was having some problems with my eye, my right eye. And I went to the doctor and I thought it was a cataract. But he said, nah, it's not a cataract. You got some bleeding behind your eye. And he goes, and I want you to go to a specialist in Tampa to see if it's cancerous. He said, I think it might be a tumor in the back of your eye. Ooh. But we know Yahweh, don't we? Hallelujah. I went to the specialist and he checked out my eyes. He said, no, it's not a, a cancerous tumor. He goes, but you do have the bleeding. He goes, but we can, we can work on it with some shots in your eye at least once a month. So I've been getting shots. But then he said, you can wait. He goes, I, I got my last shot in April. He said, but I'm going to give you some time just to see what happens. And you don't have to have another shot until July. But I'm believing Yahweh that this is finished. magnificence in the rain because when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like drawing or listening to music or something and it's raining I'll open my windows and I just look out there and I'm like wow it's, it's really beautiful and I really find peace in it and stuff so. so good morning Rock of Central Florida my name is Kevin um, I've been here for a long time <laughs> 2000 yeah a long long time 2002, I started getting cassette tapes when I was still in the military in Fort Huachuca, Arizona. To tell you how long ago that was. So, um, been through uh, in that almost 20-year span. I've been through a lot, and many of you who've been here throughout that time have seen it. So, I'm the eldest of 17. My father was a 30-something-year polygamist, um, and I found my oldest daughter, or became aware of my oldest daughter when she was 13 or 12, almost 13. So that's miraculous and that's magnificent. And that's, um, and so I've also did four and a half years of dialysis treatments and the father healed me and I've received a kidney. And so in 2017, so all of those things uh, and so many more, so many more, the relationships that I have with so many people in here, we've individually experienced the magnificence of Yahweh at some point in time. Uh, tangible, intangible, whatever it was. And so the magnificence of Yahweh is an everyday thing. If we have positioned ourselves to allow it, we have to allow it. I was having a conversation with Steve recently, and uh, in the midst of that conversation, you know, revelation comes to you constantly, and especially when you're speaking to someone. You know, if you're open to it, you, you get revelation as you're speaking. And so I was speaking with Steve, and I said one of the things that I believe allows the faucet to flow freely or to, to be slowed is simply our belief, right? When your morals don't line up with your beliefs, it causes that faucet to slow down and that flow to stop. So when your morals line up with your beliefs, if you believe you're a son and all that you ask is given, Yahweh's magnificent. Kevin just said in one sense is when last week I kind of didn't get up because I was thinking I can see Yahweh's magnificence in, in everything like I mean I could get up there and talk for a long time and talk about how he's magnificent in the grass or the bird that just flew over or, you know whatever it is and or in times in my life that he's been magnificent 
and I, and uh, anyway, so, but it wasn't that. It was, how was he magnificent this last week? And so I thought, man, I need to, you know, I need to move beyond that, those things of magnificence that I've seen to what is currently magnificent. And um, so uh, for me, I don't know how many know, but uh, when I was released from working here at the church, uh, I went to work um, along, oh, I created my own business, but I went to work alongside Chris Myers. And uh, so uh, unfortunately I spent a lot of time with him. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I don't. I, I do all the work and he goes to the store. It's pretty much what happens. No, but now that I'm done making fun of him, um, that's where I saw the magnificence of Yahweh in this, in this current time where it stood out to me. Because if you don't know Chris, you need to get to know Chris. Um, he's an awesome, amazing man. And uh, when you spend a lot of time with him, you'll see how he, he does like to tear himself down a lot. Um, but even in that, I saw magnificence because it's in him of wanting to be better, wanting to move beyond where he's at, to grow to what he knows he's been created to be. And it has drawn something out of me. Um, there's parts of me, everybody thinks I'm like, you know, the out there kind of guy. I'm really not. I'd rather be in the background. Uh, I'm just loud in the background. Um, anyway, it's drawn things out of me that, that, I've been timid in and it's made me move out in that and some of that being involved in business um, he's really strengthened me and that's where I saw the magnificence uh, I as well went in that same vein of he said what in this week so that's what I was looking at um, it's not hard to see his magnificence I literally see it in every I look for it I actively look for it but just in the last week I've seen magnificence in all of you in the ones that I'm joined to and the ones that I walk with in this family I've seen the magnificence in Kaylee as she begins to step into a leadership role I've seen magnificence in Matt when I called on him and said hey man I have this crazy idea can you build it and he said yes without hesitation I I saw the magnificence in AJ when I came to pick up my kids last Sunday from youth and he's leading them through the woods to show the next generation the beauty and the wonder that is within our land that we own and that we have laid hold to. I've seen magnificence when I drove up here on Friday and I pull around the corner and Sam is standing in the middle of the dirt road and he is digging a hole with two shovels by himself determined that not one more person would have another nail in their tired and he was doing it. He was doing whatever he, it took. It was the middle of the day at noon at lunchtime in flannel and jeans. And I knew it was hot. And that was magnificent when Yahweh has joined this people together in this land that we've been called to. He's joined all these people together and we all have these different abilities and unique gifts and talents and wonders and his magnificence of the DNA within us that he put there, but yet he somehow found this way to join us all together, to work together as one body. That to me is magnificent. Hey everyone, my name is Cody. And I as well was just thinking like, over the last few months in the last week, what is his magnificence? So. If you know me, I enjoy putting myself into inconvenient and uncomfortable situations. Like, I just, I love that so much. And most of the time when you think about magnificence is the exact opposite of that. But what I've noticed is like, I love to go out of my way if someone's having a bad day just to like impact their life. 
And that's happened over the course of like the entire time that I've lived here. It's just been something that has been building inside of me. Like I can go to gas stations all over the all over this state, and people will recognize me. I'll hear like I haven't been to a gas station in six months, and I'll I'll go in there and I'll just hear across a worker. I don't even know their name. I haven't seen them in six months, and I'll hear, "Hey, Smiley." And that's the only thing I hear, and it's because I left that impact, because it was more important to me not to hurry out of there and keep my head down and like just, hey, I need to get a pack of gum or whatever and get out of here. But it was like, hey, I want to, I want to impact this person's life because I know I feel something here that I'm not only looking at myself in whatever environment I go into, I'm looking at my environment. So if someone's there that needs me in that moment, I'm going to make myself available. And that's where I see his magnificence is when it's inconvenient to me, it's convenient to Yahweh. So I love searching that out. Good morning. I see Yahweh or I have seen Yahweh's magnificence this week in the ability of letting go and the power of choice. And it's a deep place in me, but uh, my husband said it was time to go. So we have sold our home. We're not leaving here. (laughs) But that was hard for me because I have deep roots there and deep relational um, memories in my home. And I made the choice to let go because I knew there was a reach into more, into the next. And I don't want just the good. So when you, when you think of the Father, the creator of all, that he gives you the choice to choose the more or stay in the good, that's magnificent. He doesn't make you do anything. He gives you a choice. So we chose and we, we've launched out And then it got a little deeper. Then he wanted me to release everything in the box. All the furniture, all the things. And there was one thing I wanted to hold on to, and that was my mama's table. And it was very, it's irreplaceable to me. And so my husband gave me the choice like Yahweh. (laughs) You, You have a choice, you can hold on to whatever you want to. This is the kingdom. This is not religion. You have a choice. What do you want? How far do you want to go? He's magnificent. So I made the choice to let go of everything in the box and give the man purchasing our home opportunity to purchase everything, even my mom's table. We received an email this week, Friday. My husband said, oh, here's the list of everything he wants. He had a, I want this, I'll consider this, like negotiate, and I don't want this. Guess what was on the don't want list? My mom's table. That's amazing. Hi, my name is Liz, and I see his magnificence when I see him as a master designer, when I see how he takes tiny insignificant things and puts them together with other tiny insignificant things and makes something really, really significant. So whether it's like a one-celled creature or a human body, if it's a pond or if it's an ocean, if it's one tree or an entire ecosystem, he takes the little tiny pieces. You can keep breaking something down further and further and further. And he takes all those little insignificant pieces and makes something so significant. And then this week specifically, I saw how he does that in the body of Christ. When we all fulfill our 
purpose, which may be unseen to many. It may be behind the scenes and it may seem very, very insignificant, but when he unites you to me and me to someone else, it brings about something really significant. And every week of my life, I, I marvel at that. of his magnificence that I've seen. One was from a couple of weeks ago when Alex and I were on our honeymoon. The Grand Canyon, to me, nature is magnificence. Obviously, that can't be created with just water. That's evidence of Yahweh right there. The second thing that's evidence to me of his magnificence is family. Um, Alex and I moved out of her apartment this weekend and everyone coming to help us out. Our parents, Sam, Kaylee, offering their second room to us. I think that's evidence of magnificence is family. So, yeah, sorry. Uh, I see his magnificence in everything, every day. Um, it was hard for me to try to pick one thing, but what I decided to land on was just, I see his magnificence in truth and in the pursuit of truth. Um, whenever you give someone truth, even if it's someone close to you, even if it's hard, even if you're telling them that they're wrong, um, whatever that may be, or maybe it's truth to yourself and it's hard and it hurts because you thought you were right, turns out you were wrong. and. In that moment, you don't, you don't have to defend truth, ever. Truth always, if there's any Holy Spirit in the area, even if there's not initially and you brought him there, truth doesn't have to be defended. In that moment, that person is gonna hear the truth and whether they decide to listen right now or later on, if they want to know the truth, they're gonna have to either accept the truth or accept a lie and nobody wants to accept a lie. see the magnificence of Yahweh in his provision for the Wheatley household. Um, in the last eight years, he has taken a hard situation and, don't look at me, <laughs> a hard situation and made it almost easy. It was the emotions that went with it were very real, but the provision was incredible. I've never missed a beat being mom and dad both. I sit, you know, I do things that I shouldn't be able to do. I live beyond the double portion and my seed has picked it up and she's walking it out and living beyond the double portion. It's good to see uh, new faces today. Yeah. Um, I would like to take the opportunity to commend and honor parents grandparents that instill the life of Jesus and God into those kids life why because there's a loved one that I know that um, was tricked into changing his state of mind forever or at least for the ever that we know as humans because his spirit was impacted by his parents um, and allowing him to feel and know God beyond the depth and reasoning of mental issues. And I see God's magnificence in the fact that although you may be out of your mind, I see God's presence and you screaming hallelujah and never forgetting, you know, what he represents in, in, in your life. And, and that is truly inspiring for me. You know, because if I lose my mind, 
through things or dementia or whatever other things that happen with older people um i i i want to i want people to witness that man hey that guy's out of his mind but god is present in his life that's his magnificence eh, gracias por estar con nosotros hoy quiero que ustedes sepan que estoy muy agradecido y muy orgulloso de que ustedes pusieron en la vida de, de robertito la presencia de dios porque aunque la mente de él no esté presente algunas veces y la presencia de Dios está presente en la vida de él y, y primo eres una, una inspiración para mi vida y te quiero y te amo porque siempre aunque tú seas de tu manera siempre dejas que las personas vean el reflejo de Dios en tu vida te quiero y te amo y, te, y los quiero a ustedes por eso que hicieron por él two of those shots in my eye. <laughs> they work. Um, the magnificence I see in Yahweh is um, my mom turned 93 this week, and I think that's pretty magnificent. All right, so for four years, we've been walking out a situation um, with a friend, and most people would see it as his downfall. Um, quickly, he lost his his job, he lost his wife, he lost his son, he had to get supervised visits, um, and he lost his freedom for some time. And we've been walking out this magnificence with him because even though he was making really small strides, you know, like, oh, well, to this week they gave me one hour with my son or whatever, he would still see the magnificence of the father um, in every little stride. And then this week, um, specifically, he told us that he was able to go to his son's graduation. And then after he was able to sit at the dinner table with his ex-wife, her new husband and his son, and they prayed together. And that to me was so magnificent because I, I we know his struggle, but, um, the father put into me, um, put this word in me today and he showed me dry bones and although dry bones are evidence of life um, that's not exactly where the magnificence is that's kind of like that's it but the magnificence is the fact that he can take those same dry bones he can join them together and just wrap flesh all over it again and we can see the magnificence of him reconciling every area of his life regardless of what we thought it was supposed to look like so That's his magnificence. What's going on, guys? My name is Josh. Um, Yahweh kind of refreshed my eyes um, in a sense. And if you guys know me or those of you who do know me, I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist. Or not crazy, but, you know, I, I like to look into stuff. You know, I don't see things at face value. I dig a little deeper. Um, and... I was looking into something that was brought up to my attention called Project Bluebeam. And I'm not going to get into like crazy, like weird conspiracy, conspiracy theories or details, but basically it means that everything around us is, is a projection. Okay. It's not real. It's something that we're living in a simulation. You know, we've all seen the matrix. So, <laughs> um, and I was driving here on 46 and I was about to go under the bridge and I was looking into the sky and the moon was sitting above the bridge and Yahweh plainly spoke to me and said, by believing this, you deny me. So I saw his magnificence in that and that's it.
but um, I see God's magnificence in Oni, my little sister. Um, like how she grew from a baby to how she is now. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, so, like the other day, um, I asked her if she loved me, and she looked at me and she gave me a thumbs up. Um, and nobody had ever showed her that before. And I just think it was like really awesome how she just knew exactly how to respond to that. Um. Amen. All right, so I witnessed Yahweh's magnificence through his, uh, his voice. Um, whether it's his word through scripture, the Logos word, or the Rhema word, whenever it's highlighted to you by the Holy Spirit, that's the Rhema word. And it's specific to your situation and your moment. And, whew, man, you wanted emotion. I got you right here. Um, I, <laughs> it, 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 it has given me instruction, direction, correction, but all of it, I love it. it everything in me comes alive when Yahweh speaks. And you'll recognize it. I recognize it in the scripture, through preaching, uh, but now that I've learned uh, through every day, through billboards on, 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 on the highway or, or an ad through the TV, um, learning to recognize Yahweh's voice has been so impactful, so important, so pivotal in my life. Uh, and I just, it is so important that we're declaring his magnificence today. Just whew, for all this, to, this frequency that's coming out of our, 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 our beings, it is glorifying him and it is so important that we're doing this i just know it i just know it he's amazing hi my name is joe and i see his magnificence in with all the if you watch the news all this unrest that's around the world right now and we can come together as one body one one blood it, it doesn't matter what color our skin is we're all brothers and sisters that's where i see his magnificence in This giraffe and I come to declare the Lord's magnificence. <laughs> Though he doesn't look like a giraffe, he is. Um, okay, I'm gonna try to go for three in a minute. Um, so sometimes I'll look at my son and I will just be lost in looking at him. And I was so moved one day looking at him and realizing like, Yahweh is so magnificent. He doesn't have to do anything. I just could stare at him, you know, like, it fills my soul up just to look at him. He can do very little, but I'm full when I look at him. And I thought about years ago how Archie uh, preached about, you know, the angels that surround the Father, and there's a new facet in him every day. They just gaze upon him, and it is enough for eternity to magnify his name. So he's magnificent in that way. It's magnificent to see up close a life changed, whether it's someone broken finding freedom or someone going from a great place to another great place to see the transformation of a life um, is magnificent and thirdly um, a practical example Vanessa did my hair and Kaylee Hoffman's hair this week and instead of taking payment I mean the whole time we spoke of the kingdom we spoke of Yahweh's goodness we spoke of our families we spoke of life and instead of taking payment she said oh you know an intercession this week something happened and I want you to take what, whatever you would have given me and I want you to sew it into the mission and that's beautiful, you know, whether she had need of the money or not, instead of pouring it into herself, she excitedly couldn't even wait. Oh, I want you to do that. Just do that. So I'm doing that today. I did that today on my way up here uh, with a heart full of joy because Yahweh is magnificent. 
I see his magnificence every day in the mothers and fathers and the children that come in here to the ELC. You see them come in and they're all different. They've come here for that, you know, when they're, they're not here for a service or something, but yet they're coming in and um, they're partaking of what we have here. Um, I see his magnificence in my husband that was in the hospital for three months. 60 some days in ICU and here he is now that he's teaching at the Rock Academy and back to normal life and that we're going to be great grandparents next month and I also see his magnificence in someone breaking their alabaster box and the scent fills the house and if everybody's aware that they can partake. Stephanie's already mentioned it, but seeing his smile is just a picture of Yahweh's magnificence. And we were on a walk uh, last week or either this last week or the week before, and every time he locked eyes with me, he just lit up. And seeing that was just a picture of if, if we could do that for Yahweh every time it would be such an amazing experience um, but then also thinking about this week specifically and how you know I, I don't go out and I don't do a whole lot right now because I'm working from home and there's just not no reason to leave the house um, so thinking about you know it's in the small things. It's in the things that we do every single day that we're growing that Yahweh's magnificence is as well. So. <laughs> um, I would say like um, through the voice of Mama Karen this week, um, I was able to see his magnificent magnificence. <laughs> um, we were only talking about the tires and how they were going flat and sharing our experience and um, she had to buy multiple tires and she said to me she said but I'm grateful it was me because if it was somebody else who could not maybe afford it or it would put them in a hard situation and I was just looking like yeah, that's right and just in that I saw his magnificence Hey everybody. Um, so just to give it, uh, just to say, I remember last week Steve was talking about. Um, he mentioned a few people that uh, had a great talent, but we always would look at them as what they are to the world and not look at what Yahweh is doing in their life. Like that's Yahweh, you know, like Bill Gates, for example, that he used for anything. And that stuck with me all week because so much I, so pretty much this week, as I was trying to, you know, find um, his magnificence in so many things, the, 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 the problem I had was that I was trying. I'm not, and the father, he, he gave me such a, he, I was just rebuked because he was like, why are you trying? 
You know what I mean? You shouldn't be trying. It, it's not, it's not, a, it's not, uh, it's just not supposed to be a, a challenge, you know? Um, so this week, that's what I've been doing. I, I, the, his magnificence has shown me like, don't try, you know, be more interested in how, how the father, not, not so much in how, how magnificent I am in the moment, how much, but how much the father is magnificent in me in the moment through me. And that is the, that is what I've, you know, this week is what I've, uh, that's what I've been noticing. And I've seen his magnificence being done through me, not because of me. similar to Kaylee's uh, we were talking with a friend and uh, this week actually two of our friends and they had been going to a church for like I don't know like 20 years or something they've been there and um, uh, for many reasons they were changing churches and looking for a new place and so they were telling us their experiences of different places they went around the city and trying to find that new home uh, and where they wanted to be planted. And so they were sharing with, they thought they were gonna get to a place because they said all we knew was this church that we've known for like 20 years. So they said, um, as we went to these places, we were, we were thinking, oh, it's probably gonna be like a dead church. It doesn't have like what we had there, whatever. And they said, it was remarkable how they got to these places and these different churches and they were like impressed and like really moved by what those houses were doing around Sanford. And um, they just couldn't believe it. And they thought, wow, we really could go to a lot of these places and be in a great place experiencing the Father and doing wonderful things in the community and doing His purpose. And they were just so inspired and moved by that. And as they were sharing that with me, I thought, it's not that I don't think other places are doing good things, but sometimes because this is all that we know or all that we're surrounded by, we don't really see the fullness that's going on outside of us. And um, even with our um, efforts to go outside of these walls. And I thought how encouraging and uplifting to know that the Father isn't just doing what he's doing here, but doing it in so many other places. And we are just all headed in the same direction, even though our house might take a different path to get there versus another house, um, because we're called to different paths, but that we're all going to the same place and we're all expressing his goodness and showing his magnificence in the earth. when I was sitting outside and I was looking at the dirt and the grass and the ants and the detail that he put into the stuff that not many people pay attention to every day. Well, I think it's magnificent. You took a little extra time and put me on the spot a little early. No. <laughs> um, so kind of like Norris, I felt a little rebuked. Um, I felt a little relieved. I wasn't here last week and I was like, oh yeah, okay. Well, I could type it in and like share that way. Um, but then Steve said we were gonna do it again this week and I kept trying to force the issue, you know? Um, like looking at the little thing, I do find myself doing that and I thought, Steve said this week something different, the things that we aren't always noticing. So when we were at the awards ceremony yesterday, Ryan was sitting behind me and she got up and presented some awards as a, a teacher now. 
at the Rock Academy instead of an alumni. Like when we first started coming here, we went to your graduation and we went to Mahala's graduation. And here she is teaching our seed and implanting in them. And I just sat back and like really looked at my life and saw I, that I came from not a private school, not a kingdom, not even a godly home. Um, and to see what my seed's being raised in now and just how magnificent just one choice can change so many after that. Juju. Uh, all right, that's working. So I have two. Well, real quick. I was one of those with those tires. So thank you. I lost two tires. Had to buy. It was bad. <laughs> but thank God that His magnificence. When I dropped my daughter off to youth ministry on Sunday, I made it back home. And then realized that the tires were like out. Um, but a month ago, I uh, mirror in my house fell on my left foot, and um, it was just before I was to get on a flight to go to North Carolina to a church opening, and um, it was painful. My feet swelled up. But I dragged my way to the airport. I still went to the opening. I was in pain. I was in discomfort. And when I came back to Florida, um, real quick, when I came back to Florida, I went to the emergency room. And I tell you, uh, the doctor was so happy. Nothing was broken. Nothing was fractured. And I saw his magnificence in that because even though the top of my feet was so swollen, it could have been broken because the mirror was like a good 25 pounds and it fell on my feet with my sneakers on and it swelled up. And um, just seeing his magnificence, how great he is, a protector. He covered me even in that situation. So I'm thanking Yahweh. magnificence in all of you and he just gives me surprises all the time all the time and if you trust in him even when you have hard things just walk through it trust in him he's got it all taken care of I went to the gas tank a uh, gas to get gas this lady ahead of me said I'm not going to go back and get my change do you want the gas and I go yeah and I mean I've had I've had all kinds. Miss Kim gave me some oil, wonderful oil. I have surprises all the time. And that's what he wants to do for you because you are his children. He loves you. He loves you so much. But he has surprises. Just open your eyes up. I had, a, I had an early lunch, but I was staying late. Someone had an extra sandwich that I could eat later because I probably would have been hungry. I mean, he is amazing. Just trust him. He's got surprises all day long, all week. God bless you.
um, I see God's magnificent and just basically waking up this morning, um, that I'm able to breathe, that I'm able to see, that I'm able to hear. Um, two months ago, I started working at a phone store and I get different faces, I get different customers, I get different personalities. And I see God's magnificent in him depositing a word to me to testify. Um, I had a customer who came in and I just said, God bless you. And he began to cry. Um, he said, I'm losing fate. I said, I talked to him, I began to pray with him. I said, you know what, keep on going. It's not over. This is only your test. And I had to see God's magnificent because it's a job. I don't know if I was able to even do that. But I thank God for that. And I thank God for what he's doing in my life. And I thank God for my family, for being a protector, as my mom said, provider. Um, even when we are struggling, but God says it's going to be good, you know? Amen. Hey, what up, y'all? Uh, my name is Christian. Um, so <laughs> I got two because I have one for last week and I got one for this week. Um, so last week, um, if you guys don't know, I'm in the police academy right now. Um, I'm not sponsored, so... I'm trying to find a job. And uh, it was like, I was watching everybody else like get jobs. And I put in an application, cause I'm at the point in my life where I'm just like, I don't, I'm not I'm trying not to worry about anything. I just do it and it is what it is, right? So I put in an application fully expecting that it was just gonna go through, right? I'm like, yeah, I got that job. So I put it in and it didn't, the guy was giving me the runaround. I'm like, whatever, bro, you're lost. So then <laughs> I put in two more applications and both of them got back to me like real quick. And they were just running me through the process. And it was blistering because I, I had no idea like which one to choose. I was like, man, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So I'm talking to my wife and she's like, well, you're just, you're just gonna end up where you're gonna end up. I'm like, all right, cool, fine. So <laughs> I go into an interview with one of them. They got, I call it the council of elders. They got a bunch of high ranking dudes and they ask you a bunch of questions. And um, so I finished that one and I was like, great, they like me. So they put me through. So I'm like, well, maybe that's the one. So I went to the other one, and before I went into that, I was praying, I was like, Father, just let this interview, like the outcome of it, be clear which one I'm supposed to choose, because I don't want to waste the other one's time. And um, so I get in there, I do the whole interview process. They were asking me like questions that were important to me that the other one didn't. And I was like, well, that's awesome. And then at the end of it, the guy goes, hey, so, because I have this, I took the Nazarite vow, that's why I look so raggedy right now. but." Um, he goes, listen, um, as far as your, your religious vows goes, don't let this department be your Delilah. You choose the one that's going to fit you. And I was like, that's you. So <laughs> yeah, he gave me the paper. I signed it. So I got a job. And then <laughs> real quick, this one's real quick. The second one I saw Yahweh's Magnificence in my wife. Um, I was hanging around a group of people and just the level of depravity was astounding and um, I, I was shook I'm like texting her and calling her I'm like these people are terrible and um, I just like I had to stop and think just the way she operates right everything she does is seeped in Yahweh's spirit and uh, you can't not see it and like I texted her and I was like baby I love you and uh, so yeah that was it
something that happened like two weeks ago, Friday. It was this boy. I have gym class with him, and he looked sad. So I was like, what's wrong with you? He's like, nothing. So he walked and paced back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I, was, I went to the bathroom, came back, sat down, talked to my friends. I was like, what's his name? His name is George, right? So I was like, George, are you okay? Why do you keep pacing back and forth? He said, oh, I'm just thinking about something. I was like, oh, you could just tell me what you're thinking about. He said, no, people think I'm crazy and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking about stuff. I have, he said he have um, autism. I was like, you could just tell me, you could tell me what happened. He said, he told me this. I was like, oh my gosh. I was, all right, so he told me, um, he told me, he, he told me, he told me um, that he had this little voice in his head that, that tell him to kill people and kill all his friends and, and they're not the, his friends and kill them all, kill them, they must die. And this little voice in his head, I'm like, all right, George, give me a hand. I'm gonna pray for you. So I sat there, I prayed for him. And I, I just, it was bothering me still after that. So I don't know why. Then I had my friend who was next to me. I was like, we're going to all pray together. We're going to pray for him. So I prayed for him, and he was willing to pray. So he didn't refuse. He bowed his eyes, closed, oh, bowed his head, closed his eyes, you know, all of that. And I was like, okay, George. And he's, he's a nice person. He's a sweet person. But people bully him because he looks, you know, great. Oh, they, think, they think he's crazy, whatever, and put that stigmatism on him. And this week, he wasn't here Monday, so Tuesday, I see him at gym. I was like, George, why are you stay here Monday? And he showed me his arm. He had cuts all over his arm, and he was trying to kill himself, and he put him to the hospital, they put him to the mental hospital. I was like, George, it's okay. And he's just telling me what's going on with him, and I'm like, wow. And I'm just praying with him, I talk to him every day, and he, he walks with people, you know, his friends, but he be by himself sometimes, and he will come to me, he's way to me, he's high to me, he tells me what's going on with him, he tells me everything, but we still have to keep him in prayer, and yeah, that's, I probably find God's magnificence in me, him willing to be prayed for, and getting help, and, and opening up to me, even though I was a stranger, I never talked to him before, and that moment he opened up to me, and God magnificent again and be willing to pray for him and felt the need to pray for him. Okay, hi. Um, so I had this thing when I was younger called psoriasis on my head. And it was so embarrassing. I used to like flake off my head and it was itchy all the time. And I would just come to my parents crying like, oh my gosh, Shabib, I'm so embarrassed right now. Like I look terrible. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. And my dad told me one time, I don't know if he remembers this, but I remember this. He told me one time, he said that he thinks that it was because I wasn't confident in myself. He said, whenever you're confident in yourself, it'll go away. And so I was like, okay, yeah, right, like whatever. And so I tried to find ways to be confident in myself. I was like, let me see if I can dress different. Let me see if I can talk different. Let me see if I can hold myself different. And none of it worked. Like it still was on my head. I was still very upset, whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay, let me like see who I can be. So I just tried to channel my mom in different situations. Like I'm like, all right, what would Shaviv say? What would Shaviv do? How would Shaviv dress? Things like that. And I would do it. And I found myself kind of confident, and now my psoriasis is gone, which is kind of cool. So I think my dad was right about that. Um, and then I have another thing. Sorry, I have two things. My second thing is that um, I had always heard people saying, everybody says it all the time, that you need to find time for Yahweh, you need to speak to Him, you need to do these things. And um, 
I would always just make an excuse for myself like, oh, well, I can talk to him on Sundays. I can see him on Sundays. It's whatever. I can see him on Sundays. And I always found myself, I work at nine in the morning. That's not early. But I always found myself so tired in the mornings. Like I was exhausted. I would get an extra charge of coffee. I would get espresso. I would get all these things and I'm so tired. So then I would like listen to music in my car, like really loud to try and like wake myself up. And it wasn't working. I'm still getting to work tired. I'm miserable. It's horrible, whatever. And then I was like, okay, let me try this thing where I don't listen to music in the car and let me just like listen, like see if I can hear anything. So I've been getting in my car in the mornings, turning all my like stereo off in my new car. Thank you, Alex Darnell, wherever you are. Um, and um, I just kind of listen and sometimes I hear him, sometimes I think that he's just breathing with me, but I'm not tired anymore. There was this book that was called um, One Voice Can Change the Whole Entire World. And what I thought about that book was, it was about like um, not, not always just listening to another person. You can listen to everybody. And I was thinking about that at class and I was just doing, I was doing it at class and I was talking about it. And I was telling them that I really, because my teacher, she, she told us to write a note. And then I really had nothing to write because I had mo mostly things to say in my mouth because I thought that if you're listening to another person, doesn't mean that your ideas is the best. You can, you can put another idea into yours and see what it can combine in. Yeah. could have let you went, but you're moving too slow. <laughs> My feet hurt. <laughs> I'm joking. These comfortable Target, you know, if you want some comfortable hills, ladies. But a um, couple things that I see, Yahweh's magnificent just this week, um, he showed me. One was the different characteristics in everybody. And uh, one thing that he pointed me to was our fingerprints and how nobody has the same fingerprint. And on any finger, not one. You will never find a match. And I just thought that was, like, he is so specific in each of us to give us our own identity. Even though we may have similarities with others, but we're so different and so we can express ourselves different. And, you know, we may talk different or look different. Um, y'all not as cute as me, but y'all get there one day. <laughs> but, you know, just, and to be able to laugh, like, to me, that is, like, have you ever thought about laughter? Like, what is laughing? You know, like, it's just joy. That was one thing. And then the second thing, um, Yahweh has just been overtaking me with a lot of opportunities. And before, it would be kind of overwhelming because I always called myself the jack of all trades, master of none. I can do a lot of stuff, but I have yet to master anything. So for me, for a very long time, my, very, my focus was to just find something to be, to master, like find something to master. But recently, he kind of flipped my perspective in the sense that don't close my eyes to opportunities that he provides for me because I'm afraid that I'm taking on too much. And I just remembered he will never give you more than you can't handle. And so, yeah, and that's how it's has magnificence. is in my family like 
brings joy to everything. And Ava, how she tries to think about everybody before herself. And my mom and dad take care of us and it just makes me feel joy. And I feel just, it just makes me feel happy and I can tell that it's God just made all of this for me and he made it for everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> So yesterday I saw Yahweh's Magnificence in a conversation with my husband. Um, I had talked to this lady and she was from India and she was telling me like some of the stuff that happens over there or whatever. And then I thought about Israel and then like children and stuff like that and I was just talking to Archie about it. And then we were walking outside and he, I was just like, he's just like reminding me of like this is Yahweh's Magnificence. The fact that we can walk and we're not fearful and that we can just, you know, be around and not have to think oh there's a lack or there's a need you know we have everything we need and like their purpose is different from ours but I was just so grateful that my purpose was to you know be here in the United States and do what he called me to do here you know so that was his my business for me. so initially I wasn't gonna talk because I was like I said my magnificence last week I'm good um, but then I kind of was like, but why not? Why, like if I have an opportunity, am I just gonna let it slide away and um, just let it go? Like, why? <laughs> um, but this week, well yesterday, his magnificence was shown, I was reading a book, it was like this mindset of biology. And I was reading through like DNA stuff and genes and how your genes affect your antibodies and all this stuff and I was just thinking about how crazy it is to think that something that we can't see we it's not tangible to us DNA is not tangible but yet it has its own language it speaks and it's so alive and it's so fluid and um, I was just thinking about how vast he is and these mysteries that are in everything literally everything and sometimes he doesn't need to reveal those things to us right now but they're there and they're alive and they make us who we are so that's how I saw his magnificence hello my name is Amaris good morning um, so I'm in charge of 20 deaf high school boys and it has been a struggle because you know high school boys. Um, so it's been like after every week, every week, every week I have to correct them, I have to discipline them, I have to teach them, and it's been a struggle. And I'm just like, am I even making a difference? Like, because it's the same thing over and over and over again. But I saw Yahweh's Magnificence this week when on Friday, one of my most like troubled students came up to me and he apologized for his behavior. And I was just like, <sighs> Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> and he even um, volunteered to do an extra duty, like an extra chore to make up for his bad behavior. So I just wanted to say that, and it was amazing. So Yahweh is faithful, and I saw his magnificence in that. So hallelujah. So really, um, 
I see his magnificence everywhere that I go, especially when I'm in the car or in my room because I always look out the window and I always see all the trees and the sky and the clouds, like, how does the water get up there? But, <laughs> um, really, like, sort of what Emma said and Ella, or not Ella, Emma, Ava, and Marshall said, um, really, it's wonderful and it's beautiful, like, how the sun can shine on the water and make rainbows, and, yeah and the flowers and how they bloom and how the earth is like perfectly where it's supposed to be. If it was one inch closer to the sun, we would all die. If it was one inch further from the sun, we would all die, but yeah. Well, I didn't realize this was a roast, um, <laughs> but thanks for opening the door to that. Um, a little precursor is I'm not going to be able to say that word for whatever reason. Um, up until I was 24 years old, I always said remember instead of remember. And I didn't even realize that I was saying it wrong. And I never realized it until somebody brought that to my attention. And then that was the only way I was able to make that change was because somebody brought that to my attention. Um, so I see it in in people's imperfections, like um, there was, yeah, especially Matt. Um, <laughs> like we're working a job right now where due to their um, lack of due diligence, uh, we had to stop what we were doing. So they said, while you're stopped doing this, why don't you do this much larger job for us in this other job? And then we had another big job where just everything you could imagine went wrong there. And uh, I spread myself too thin. Um, I had guys working for me that I didn't even know that well, and I wasn't watching them close enough. And um, so these people, you know, were in their house every day, and some days they were just looking at me like, you know, what's gonna happen here? And, you know, I kept telling them, I said, I'm not gonna leave you like this. I'm not gonna leave until, you know, everything is 100. And um, you know, I'm sure there was plenty of times where they were like, there's no way, there's no way that. And um, so we were able to show him those people through us, you know, not lead him like that because there was, you know, there's probably 95 out of 100 contractors that would have just walked away and, you know, that either they wouldn't have the money to, to make it right or, you know, just didn't care enough. But, um, so I think it's important that we allow other people to be imperfect, you know, and not, not hold other people to a higher standard than we even hold ourselves. Um, and there's also a big difference between just not caring and being imperfect. I see his magnificence in everyone here of how you'll praise him and be so open you'll come up here and talk about him. That's just so magnificent to me. Wow. <laughs> um, I see um, Yahweh's magnificent. <laughs> see, I can't say it either. <laughs> Magnificence. 
in so many things, but what was illuminated to me this week is in my children and how they came from me and Alex, but they're all so unique. Each of them have different strengths and abilities and different weaknesses and how Yahweh has made us all unique and um, and we all have different anointings. And I was just so blessed last week by JJ and Lala standing over here singing with all their heart. It just, it just moved me. Um, but just to see that in our children is his magnificence to me. Okay, so I have two because I wasn't here last week, so I'll make it quick, promise. But what I saw last week was actually in my son, and every day when he gets home from school or when I pick him up, I ask him, you know, did you have a good day? And more frequently, he's been honest with me, like, yes, I have, or no, I haven't, which I appreciate. And um, last week, he, I don't remember what day it was, but I said, did you have a good day today? And he said, no, mommy, I didn't make all the good choices today, but I'm not a bad boy, and Yahweh still loves me. And just in that moment, just really blessed me because, you know, he's four. He, I don't, you know, what can he really understand? But that was just Yahweh's magnificence, that he's real to him. And then this week, um, I was at work, and, you know, people, I experience a lot of, not ridicule, but because of they know my beliefs some people like to make fun of that or just the mockery and this week we moved into a new building and my boss who i admire she lost a very important box and one of my coworkers was like well mahalo why don't you pray for her to find it and in that moment i was like oh my gosh these people but based off of what Kaylee was singing about last Sunday, recognized the moment, and I was just like, in, in that second, I recognized the moment, and I just told her, I was like, you know what, I will. And a few days had went past, and I was actually the one who found it, but it had been sitting on this desk the whole entire week in plain sight that nobody could find, but yet, as soon as they asked me, and I recognized the moment, and I was just like, you know what, Holy Spirit, let her find this box. And then there it was, sitting on the table. So I just saw his magnificence in that. Hey guys, I'm back. Um, but um, when Sid Sid Miss Sydney was talking, um, I remembered that this day when my dad, um, Mina, they were hunting, and mom was mom forgot to get gas, so we were over there by the 7-Eleven and there was a red light and mom's like, oh dang, we're, we're gonna break down. And we did, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Chris had to push the car um, on the side of the road, put our hazards on and stuff like that. And then Chris, um, we were right there next to the 7-Eleven luckily. So Chris went to go buy a gas tank, he got some gas, uh, he could go to 7-Eleven and get more gas. Um, and right when he was pouring the gas, um, I see this woman coming and I'm like, Okay, um, okay. And it was Miss Sydney. She pulled her car on the side of the road. She remembered Christian. She saw his face. And um, it was really nice because she took her time out to see if we needed any help. Um, yeah. Good morning. 
My name is Shadeem, and this week I was talking to a lady, and when I um, encounter her every time, she is holding onto a walker, and so she's hunched over. And I'm speaking with her, I'm doing some work with her, and suddenly she says, I have this new piece of equipment, and I'd like you to put it together for me, and I'd like to try to use it. And so I did, and I saw Yahweh's magnificence because for the first time since she had a stroke, she walked by herself, totally upright. She is so tall. I said, wow, you know, I called her by name. I said, wow, ma'am, you are so tall and you're, wow, this is amazing. And so I witnessed a miracle on Monday. I could not wait for Sunday. I was like, come on, let's go. So on Monday, I witnessed the miracle and the magnificence of the Father that she can walk. So, amen. Hello, everybody. My name is Fran. I'm new here. Hi. Um, me and my family just moved here. Um, we've been actually going through a lot lately. Um, I didn't want to come up here and speak because I'm nervous talking to people. Um, my best friend, um, grandmother's passed away on Friday, and my best friend actually passed away on Tuesday. Um, so it's been very hard for her family. And um, it's very hard for myself because I had just spoke to her on Monday. She had a lot of health issues, and I seen the magnificence in it because she's no longer suffering. She's no longer crying herself to sleep. And yeah, it's hard at first, you know, when you lose a loved one, but it is, um, it's life. You know, we have to, um, we're born to basically die, and it does hurt. It is going to be a mourning period, but God is going to always be there, and God is going to see you through, and I saw the magnificence in that. Hello, everybody. My name is Cameron. Um, the way I see God's magnificence is the way that all of you are parents, and you're going through a lot of stuff, you know, health issues, and anyone that is on the other side of the world you know like somebody said from israel a lot of stuff happens there a lot of stuff happens here you can all come together and you can all be a part you can see god there and you cannot see god over there god it will always be up there you can look up you can see you can see the grass you can see the sky and he will be everywhere he is inside of us there was nobody, nothing. He will always love you, either if you're dead or alive. God will love you forever. He created you. And you will be his blessing, and he will bless us. We will bless him. He will always love you. Thank you, everyone. So, I w whoa. Sorry. Uh, sorry about that. I um, I was standing up there, and I really, like Matt Hoffman said, I try to see Yahweh's magnificence a lot. So I could drum up something. It wouldn't be difficult. It wouldn't be drumming it up. It would just be like, what do you want me to share? So I wasn't going to. And then I saw Kim Parker. And I, I remembered some of the things that you had spoken to me. And it was not, this is not a father talking to a daughter. Evelyn, I, I saw you and then I saw 
I see Yahweh's magnificence in you. Not from a daddy to a daughter, but my spirit to your spirit. And I thought of Mary and Joseph and how they had to be around Jesus, their son, and Jesus, the Christ. And I have that same relationship with what you bring to our family. Your spirit ministers to me and to mommy and is a part of what we do in the earth. So every day I see magnificence in you, Evelyn. I'm, I'm not gonna do what my daughter did, but I, I just wanted to take the opportunity really quick to ask, is there anybody out there who physically or mentally feels that they cannot come up here to give testimony of his magnificence? And I ask this question because I want you to know that his magnificence is present in God himself being available to you the same way that you are available to him. Is there anyone that needs me to bring the microphone to them because they feel like they don't have the strength to share? Anyone? Anyone? Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I was being, that I was being obedient and the things that God deposits into my heart. That's it. Um, my name's Ryan. Um, I always get emotional when I talk, sorry. Um, I am coming up here to be obedient. I was trying to find every reason not to come up here today because I don't like public speaking. I'm good at it, just want to specify. <laughs> but I don't enjoy it, um, <laughs> which is funny because I teach, so I talk multiple times every single week, but it's different when it's the children, not adults. Um, but I see his magnificence in nature. Um, I feel like it's a reflection of who he is. It's When I was in school, I learned a lot about different ecosystems and how each individual organism interacts with that ecosystem and how if you introduce something from one ecosystem to another it can completely destroy it and it's like his plan for you if he has a plan for you don't introduce your own ideas into it just be obedient don't destroy his plan for you for a long time like all over the week I kept going okay I could say this I could say this I could say this and now it's here <laughs> it's a little intimidating um, so I get the opportunity to work at Universal twice a month and um, in our line it's kind of dark so a woman came up and she was like holding onto the wall and I'm like you good you all right yeah I can't really see I said okay well I'm gonna take you to our platform that doesn't move so I'm holding her hand and she's just talking to me about how she's on dialysis and she's looking for a kidney and um but she loves Yahweh and she knows that he's gonna help her find a kidney and me and her in this dark hallway alone we're just praying and I was like you're getting a kidney I believe you're gonna get a kidney and that's just me testifying about it and she's gonna get a kidney and I want to say to everybody else in here love love this and you know, to me, 
when I think about the things that the Father does in us, we cannot in any way ever let ourselves try to excuse away whatever it is that Yahweh's doing among us. We don't need to sugarcoat. We don't need to uh, water down. We don't need, we need to tell it. When things are happening in our life, any good thing that comes into your life came from Him. And then there's some things that don't look good to you, but they're great to Him. You know, sometimes things change that look like, in our mind, it looks like a miserable moment. The Father's saying, I did that on purpose. Watch what's coming. Recognize Him in everything going on around. If you honor Him, and you are serving Him, and you are faithful to Him, see Him in everything that He's doing. Amen. Amen.